Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I am your host, Kiefer Blakesley. Today's show is sponsored by Flugel's Project Egg Hunt. Speaking of which, happy Easter, everybody, and also Earth Day. It's a weekend for us to love our family, love the Earth, love the flowers, love everything that has on this wonderful world we live in. But right now, we're going to start with talking with the wonderful Catherine and Arjun about the new film, Best of Enemies. Also, we're going to be talking about the films Little, Missing Link, and Shazam. Also, Teen Spirit. So right now, we have Arjun and Catherine talking about Best of Enemies. So um, first of all, let's get right into it. Uh, this film is, of course, a based off a true story, two fantastic actors, and a story that has yet to be un- um, that has yet to be told. So, um, Arjun, uh, tell us a bit about this film and um, first reactions to it. The performances here are absolutely amazing. Just to get that out of the way. Every character here is just absolutely fantastic. I do think that the movie falters in its pacing and kind of the amount of time they give to said characters, because it honestly feels like a Sam Rockwell movie at times. Interesting. Uh, more on that in a second, but also I want to get to Catherine. Catherine, can you tell us a little bit about what this film is, and then, um, of course, your um, initial reaction to it? Yeah, okay, so um, this movie is about um, a black woman named Ann Atwater, and she is... Um, living in North Carolina, and then they have the president of the um, KKK, or the Ku Klux Klan, and that's C.P. Ellis, and it's just kind of like them convincing people like, oh, like, vote for this, like, education rights and stuff. And my first reactions, um, the, the performance was amazing, and, like, it was, like, so well done. And I just, like, the emotion was so believable. It really makes you, like, have, like, care for everyone in in that movie. Well, I mean, when you have such two amazing actors such as Sam Rockwell and Taraja P. Henson, I mean, like, you're bound to get something pretty spectacular, especially since Taraja Henson was in Hidden Figures, another great civil rights movie, and Sam Rockwell, of course, and three billboards out of Ebbington, Missouri, where he also played a racist character who comes around in its in his own little way towards the end. Uh, Arjun, I want to kind of ask you about a comment you made. You, you mentioned that it felt like a Sam Rockwell movie. Uh, can you elaborate what you mean by that? The two main characters here, I feel like it's very uneven, just the time spent on both, like... Of course, Taraji P. Henson gives an absolutely fantastic performance, but I really didn't know much about her aside from the two daughters she had in the movie and even just kind of like her background life. It wasn't explained that well. You know, we just know that she's fighting for civil rights and that's really all we kind of know. I mean, obviously, Sam Rockwell is kind of he's playing the most more complex character here. And that's kind of why there's more time needed. But I do think they could have maybe given a lot more time to develop her character, because she's kind of as important as Sam Rockwell in the in the debate, you know, and it's like, you know, because they're kind of going against each other and all of that, and it's it's a debate over school integration, and 
I do think I would have liked to see more of her personal background and maybe her experiences. I see. So more screen time for Henson's character, uh, which, especially since you have two such versatile actors here that you want to be able to have more screen time for both. So I, I'm sure that was hard, of course, to be able to balance that out. Now, uh, let's talk about the story a bit. So, like, again, we can, we can all agree that the performances were spectacular. But, like, what did you feel like arguing that the story kind of fell flat? Uh, I just do feel that many of the scenes were uneven. I still really like the movie. I mean, this is just, I'm mentioning my flaws, what, what I found wrong with the movie, uh, which every movie kind of does have a flaw. But I did think that the pacing is very uneven and just the amount of, the way they kind of switch from character to character, it felt very unnatural. And at times when the characters are getting to know each other, I just don't feel like there's enough development for me to feel, okay, this moment is warranted. But I really just feel those are the main problems with the movie. It's the pacing and sort of how they go around with character development. Yeah, no film is perfect, as, as you said before. But, yeah, that can... And that's, that's a hard thing, I would think, because especially with, like, movies based off a true story, you want to... Again, you want to keep the story going and and try to get hit all your markers. But it's also really hard in a two-hour flick to be able to cover everything and in a decent matter. And pacing is such an underrated like aspect of filmmaking that I'm sure a lot of people don't notice because good pacing, you don't have to notice good pacing. But you notice bad pacing very, very well. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Flugels, Project Egg Hunt. We're going to continue our conversation with the wonderful Catherine and Arjun about Best of Enemies. So, um... Catherine, Arjun was talking about how he felt like the pacing was a little bit off. Did you notice that as well? And do you agree with Arjun? I do agree. I could have had more time with Raji. Like, like her character, I do agree very much with that. But um, I still loved it very much. Now, what would you think was the best part of this whole film? Um, Catherine, we'll start with you. I really liked the ending, but of course I can't spoil that. So, um, I really liked when um, they, when Bill, who was the person who was doing the uh, charrette, um, he um, w- he picked Steve P and Anne to do it because they they don't like each other, of course, because you know you have the president of the Ku Klux Klan and. You know, like a person who's fighting for like, um, civ- like civil rights, and um, that was probably my favorite, one of my other favorite parts because you know, like you could see them like argue and like, no way, we're not doing this together. Interesting. Now, I want to address something here because the story is very, uh, the story is of of civil rights has been t- has been brought up before, but and it, this is a different way of looking at it, especially since it's. Uh, from looking at it from two point of views. So, question for both of you. How, there's always this thing that's that art imitates life, um, but also life imitates art. So, Arjun, um, how do you feel like this film is relevant to today's culture, and how do you feel like it could help with our current societal views on things? Uh, that was one thing which I felt the movie did very well. It can relate to now, because, you know, we always have... We still, I mean despite all the civil rights and all, all all that we have now, the pleasures we have, um, there's still a lot of racial tension in areas. And 
I think that the movie nailed that feeling well, just like the racial tension surrounding us, but it also nailed like how we could unite as, you know, one and realize, you know, we, we all have our own different ways of going at life and just appreciate each other for it. Uh, I think that the movie nails like both aspects of it very well. And that's, I mean, the movie does deal with some very complex issues, but it presents them in a very clear manner and goes to all sides of the, of the spectrum, I guess. Especially since we live in such a in a time where we are very much divided, um, whether it's politics or or in just regular society, we live in a very divided world. Um, unfortunately, uh, so Catherine, what do you what do you think about the commentary in this film, and how how do you feel like it resonates with today's culture? Yeah, well, um, I agree. Um, like with um, what I said earlier, and so like it does kind of like it really does like like it shows like you know like what could like what would have happened back then and it's it shows that well like we still do deal with that kind of stuff today and of course it's like a heavy topic like segregation and all that stuff we do deal with that today yeah as you said we can be very like separated and you know kind of like in different you know parts so um, I feel like it could relate um, to that because, I mean, it shows, like, both point of views. Catherine, how many stars would you give this film? I give this film a four out of five stars. Wonderful. And Arjun, what would you say is the age recommendation for this film? Um, let's see. I'd probably go with the 10 to 18 just because, you know, there there are some mature themes presented here. But I do think it's a movie for all to watch. All right, wonderful. Thank you so much, you two, for talking about Best of Enemies. I wish we could talk more, but of course, out of time as usual. But it's been a pleasure. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. It is called The Best of Enemies, starring Sam Rockwell and Taraja P. Henson. Please go check it out and see what you think. With that said, I am your host, Keefa Blakesley. This show is sponsored by Flugel's Project Akant. Let's take a break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids Kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens, tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. 
every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com and check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Arjun from Brentwood, Tennessee, and you've been just been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about the best of enemies, and next we will be talking with Catherine from Chicago and Sanaya Rain from New Jersey, two absolutely wonderful reporters about Little. So, first of all, I did I did get the chance to see this movie, and I thought it was an absolutely refreshing time at the theaters. Sure, it was a little cliched and formulaic at times, but I, it was just an overall blast. So I'm curious to hear both of your takes on this. We can start off with Catherine. I really liked this movie quite a bit. I also liked the storyline because, you know, everything was kind of fun and the idea was really creative. And also the actors were, like, perfect for each role. And, like, so the young Jordan and the, and the older Jordan looked, like, very identical yeah, I definitely agree that, like, the actors really seem to be playing off of each other, like Marseille Martin, who is in Blackish, I believe, and Regina Hall. Like, they literally seem like the same um, the same person, you know, because it's a little older. And, of course, like, Issa Rae is April Williams. So you got to give a shout-out to her because she just did – she just played off of both of them perfectly. Uh, what about you, Sanairin? I really thought that this film was great, especially since, like, I've never seen anything relating to this type of topic before. So it was really great to see something that involved an adult understanding what a child goes through in life. Yeah, definitely. I agree. So I guess we could start off with what did you think overall? uh, What did you think overall of the school plot in the movie? Because I did personally feel that was the weakest plot. Like, I was kind of waiting to get to the next scene during those scenes, but I did love all of the friend zone kids. Uh, what about you, Sanai Rain? I thought that they were um, pretty nice, and most of the stuff that they said made me laugh. And I really I personally liked the school scene. Well, not as much, but um, it really helped me realize what Jordan went through in her life and how she overcame it and how it helped her learn a lesson in the whole film. Definitely. I agree. What about you, Catherine? Um, I think that it was very, that the school scenes were very important in the movie. I mean, they weren't my favorite, but I liked them. I feel like um, I loved the friend zone kids. They were very hilarious. 
And, you know, they just wanted to do that um, talent show so that they could actually be out of the friend zone. And I think that it was, they were important and funny little scenes that I think that um, I liked to see. Definitely. So, like, out of, if you remember the names, like, which one of the friend zone uh, kids was, the friend zone, you know, in the space, like, kids was your favorite? Mine personally was the lisp guy who was uh, you know he'd always try to sing and when he could sing he'd come out with a beautiful voice but i just thought his voice was just absolutely adorable i i totally agree with you i thought that it he was like an adorable singer i liked how like he could um he could only kind of like talk without or like i guess talk without stuttering would be um when he's singing i thought that that was um a really like a cute little thing uh, what about you, Sinairin? <laughs> yeah, um, I thought the same thing, but um, I thought how it was so cute how they made it the same way, the same thing that Catherine said. But I more personally like the girl in the group because um, she stood out a little more and she helped Jordan understand what they were going through. And I liked how she was the one who stood out the most. Definitely. I agree. I mean, you know, I think all the characters individually stood out and, you know, they kind of had their own personalities and even relatable struggles. You were listening to kids. You were listening to kids first coming attractions. Today, we are talking about the best of enemies, little missing link, Dumbo, Shazam and Breakthrough and of course, Teen Spirit. And right now I am talking with Catherine and Sanaya Rain about little. So just to continue this discussion, what do you think of the messages in the movie overall? Well, I think that the message of the overall movie is basically to not try to be somebody else you're not and be yourself because that's what Jordan mostly was the problem with her because she was just acting like a really mean boss and nobody liked her. But as soon as she, as soon as she came back to being little she started realizing what her what that she should be her true self. I definitely agree. Uh, I I agree with that as well. Um, like be yourself and don't let bullies from your past change that. And also, don't trust a little girl with a wand. That is for sure. Uh, do you feel like they should have maybe dwelled into more of the magical aspects in this movie or? Do you think it's good that they just kind of left it at where it was? Because it was a little vague, some of the magic going on. I think that it was good to just leave it where it was, you know, because the little girl just, like, with the wave of her wand, you know, like, when Jordan woke up, she was little. So I think I like that they um, just kept it how it was. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I agree with what Catherine said, because if they were to make it seem a little more, like, if they were to add a special effect to her doing magic, it would have made it seem a little out of the topic of the movie because it wouldn't have really looked right with that type of movie in the set that it was at. So I think that it was just perfect how it was. And I liked how Jordan showed the effect of her getting hit by the powers of the magic but not showing the actual effect. Definitely. I agree, because if there was, like, a stupid special effect when they did, like, that was one thing I was worried about when she was going to turn little. I was like, oh, they're going to do a special effect with the wand. But I think it was done really tastefully, and it it seemed kind of realistic given the movies. It's still kind of grounded, even though we're dealing with some really magical stuff here. 
Um, overall, what did you guys think the funniest scene in the movie was? I think mine personally has to be the um, karaoke scene at the restaurant. It was just so creative and so well done. Um, we'll start off with you, Catherine. Um, my favorite part is um, when Jordan woke up and she realizes that she is little Jordan and freaks out and, you know, like, and has to, like, go to work and stuff and nobody knows who she is. What about you, Sinairin? I The funniest part to me was when April and Jordan were fighting and um, Jordan was little and they were having, like, this, like, young person to adult fight it just really made me laugh for sure yeah i mean i think that all of the more slapstick gags in the movie were also really fun very well done as well what were your opinions on the i guess the finale of the movie which is kind of like this talent show because i think personally that was not the funniest scene um i i liked the talent show but, I mean, I feel like it's funny to, like, that they did the Fortnite dances. But, like, I feel like it's getting a bit old. But I did like, like, um, how the part with the, the talent show. I did like that they had that, you know. Um, but I feel like Fortnite's getting old. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with Catherine. Because even though I did like the talent show a lot and... Jordan going up there and dancing and not even knowing the whole dance. She just went with them, the shoe and everything. Um, it was cute, but then again, Fortnite is kind of old and all those moves are just already known and stuff. So. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think like the the whole finale, the town show, like it was very well done, but like you know, some of the things are a little bit too trendy. So overall, Sanaya Rain, what would you give uh, this the star rating? A star rating. I give it a five out of five stars. Wow, that's a good rating. And Catherine, what would you say the age rating is? I would say probably like thirteen to eighteen and adults too, because I mean, I felt like it was a little like um, maybe a little mature, like for my age, maybe. But I still really liked it, and I think that adults and 13-year-olds to 18-year-olds will really love this movie. Definitely. I agree. Like, I do, even though it is PG-13, I do feel like it's one of the lighter PG-13s that you could maybe bring your family to. Like, for, view, um, for listeners who are watching, like, I would definitely recommend it for the family. But do be aware of some of the movie's more suggestive moments. Let's take a break. I'm Arjun from Brownwood, Tennessee, and you've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Flugel's Project Egg Hunt. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First film critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, 
Washington, D.C. and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens, tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com and check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today's show is sponsored by Flugel's Project Egg Hunt. We just got done talking about the film Little and also Best of Enemies, but right now we're going to continue the show talking to the wonderful Catherine and Jordan about Leica's new stop-motion extravaganza, Missing Link. Thank you, you two, for being on the show. Let's get right Thank into you. it. Thank you. feature films. Um, they come out very. They come out in like long periods, but they're worth it every time they come back. So um, let's get right into it. Uh, Catherine, what did you think about Missing Link? Okay, I thought it was amazing, and like the 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 they just the stop motion was so smooth and like it transitioned so well, and I thought it was quite funny too. And I mean, I as like I as a stop motioner, I do little stop motion animations. I know how hard it is to just, like, set up and, like, make sure every little thing is perfect and the exact way it was. And it looked amazing. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Laika just continues to push boundaries on what their art form. Um, Jordan, what did you think of the film? I thought it was really good. Um, since it was a Laika film, like, I think I've seen, like, Coraline, and it's one of my favorite movies. So I had some really high expectations for this one, and I think that um, Missing Link kind of fulfilled that. And um, I also thought it had really good animation and um, an interesting storyline. Now, what I really love about Laika is that not only does there, do they have innovative like animation techniques and the visuals are absolutely gorgeous, but the stories, I mean, like, 
you can see why it takes so long to like create these films, not only for the animation, but also just developing these great stories. Coraline was imaginative. I mean, Kubo was, was absolutely gorgeous. Paranorman was amazing, and so was Box Trolls. So um, what I thought was interesting is that I heard a review saying that not only was this a lighthearted, cute film, but also there was some food for thought. Um, Catherine, can you kind of go in depth of like the story and how it, it plays in this film? Yeah, so um, it is about um, an explorer um, named Mr. Lionel Frost, and he just wants to be part of this, like, this Explorers Club, which this Explorers Club does not have any interest in him. Then he spots an opportunity to prove that he's worthy of being in the, the club, and... So he finds Mr. Link, um, which is the Sasquatch, or as we know it, Bigfoot. And they go on an adventure to the Himalayas to find the um, Mr. Link, or his name is Susan, um, to find his cousins in exchange for some proof to prove to the club of the explorers that he is worthy of being in it. So, um, mentioned before, like, what do you feel like this film, I mean, like, that's a fantastic, like, road trip kind of film story, but, like, how do you feel like this film, um, what is, what do we learn at the end? Like, what's the message of this film? Um, Jordan, how about that? Um, I think the message of this film is having a sense of belonging, and I won't give any spoilers, but I think in the end, a lot of the characters um, kind of, like, are trying to find their identity and who they are as, well, people, I guess. But um, I think it's about finding a sense of belonging and where you truly belong. And also just, like, friendship and camaraderies and stuff like that. So. Now, I think it's interesting is that, again, with Laika, they treat the audience with respect because a lot of these films are wonderful for kids. All Laika films are great for kids. But they push the boundaries a lot. Coraline is, while a great kids film, it's also terrifying. And Kubo is very beautiful, but also very philosophical. And I think kids can enjoy that. So what do you feel like, how do you feel like Laika pushes the boundaries in this film? Um, Catherine, I'm going to go to you on this question. I feel like, um, I mean, like they have like this sort of magical, like senses, like they have the Nessie, they have everything from like Bigfoot to unicorns and all of that kind of magical stuff. So again, more and more world building with this, with this film. Correct. Okay. Wonderful. Well, um, I wish we could talk more about this film because it is such a, another great contribution to the Leica filmography, but of course we must move on. But uh, Jordan, how many stars do we give this film and what would you say is the age recommendation? I would rate this film five out of five stars. I really enjoyed it. And I would rec- I would recommend it for ages two to like adults and beyond. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for talking about Missing Link. It's been a pleasure. With that said, this film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. Support Leica. They are an amazing production company that creates such of the most imaginative, innovative films on the face of this earth. Yes, I am not. No, I'm not sponsored by them. I'm just a huge fan. 
Um, with that said, um, we are going to move on to Arjun talking about the new DC film Shazam! Lightning Effect. Thank you so much, Arjun, for being on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. And right. I just got to say this this movie is absolutely everything the DC EU, if you can call it that, needs to be because it's absolutely amazing. Uh, you can barely contain yourself, sir, and I can sense that. Uh, yeah. It's a miracle, quite frankly, because, again, I don't think I need to tell you, DC has been notorious for not producing high-quality movies. They've just been rushing too many times, and it just... They're not having fun, well, with the exception of Wonder Woman. Um, but now we have Shazam. Okay, first of all, what makes this film... Sorry, let me repeat that. How does this film recount the sins of the last films? I mean, for, for DC. Like, why does it... Why is this one... Why is this better than the other ones? So, I will give DC this. I do think that the way they shoot their films from a director's angle is has always been very well done and much different than Marvel. Like the quality of the movies themselves vary, but you know, you can kind of look at any other movies, especially Aquaman and be like, okay, that that's its own movie. And I feel like Shazam just really continues that trend, but takes it to a new angle by actually just being good on all aspects of the movie. And it's, it takes this seemingly just cheesy concept and somehow turns it into just a brilliant like movie itself. Oh, and also I want to apologize. Yes, Aquaman 2 accounts in this also a great DC film as well. Um, I loved Aquaman so much. And I agree with you. What DC has done, and I will give them credit on this, is they have been more director-focused. Because yeah. each one of their films have been very focused on hiring a director and giving them a voice in the superhero world, where Marvel has been focusing more on, of course, writers and the the characters themselves, which is important, but... Um, let's face it, I mean, as much as we love the Russo brothers, I cannot tell you the director of Ant-Man, I'm sorry. Um, but, um, with James Wan, of course, Aquaman, and Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman, and now we have David um, Sandberg, who also does amazing work as well. Um, what do you feel like is the best, what do you feel like the direction of this film, and how was it? What did you like about it? Uh, I just really liked overall how they approached just a young boy just turning into an adult superhero because they approach it from a really fresh angle. You know, they kind of have these training montage scenes and they're placed and done so well that it's like, okay, you know, this this pretty much seems like what would happen if a kid just got superpowers out of nowhere. And I really do want to also appreciate, I don't want to get too spoilery here, so I'll try to word it as best I can. But, you know, the main villain here, uh, Daddy Savannah, there are certain designs to his character, and I was looking back at uh, David F. Sandberg's direction, and I noticed he directed a lot of horror movies, and I can definitely tell they were used as a lot of inspirations for the things here, and that really just gave a fresh, like, somewhat horror angle to some of the scenes in the movie, which I really appreciated. Yeah, what is it with horror directors directing superhero films now? Really? I mean, you got James Wan of Aquaman, now you got David Sandberg, and I'm sure this is another one they have directing another, I don't know. Either way, they're just, it's weird. But it's great. They're doing great work. Um, let's talk about Zachary Levi, because I love this man with all my heart. I mean, I was a huge fan of the show Chuck, and he's so funny. And 
Well, let's talk about him. What would you feel about him as the title role of Shazam? Yeah, I gotta say, I especially loved watching Chuck, and I, that's why I honestly thought Zachary Levi was the perfect pick. And he also he also really looks the part, man. Like, the guy's been working out. But <laughs> I think, I just, we gotta appreciate how he can pull it off so well. Just, you know, kind of being this man-child almost, you know. It, it's It's done so well and naturally here, but what I also appreciate is how he kind of pulls off during some of the more serious moments because the movie's very family-oriented and there's a lot of heartfelt moments of family. And I do think that his counterpart, Asher, Asher Angel, who plays Billy Batson, of course, you know, he kind of sells that angle well, as well as Zachary Levi, but it's mainly just from an Asher Angel focus because, I mean, he's you're the one, he's the one you really mostly see with the Foster family. And, you know, at first he kind of hates them, but watching his kind of journey to slowly love them was very touching. And I just, I absolutely loved watching it. And I think that's what makes like Shazam a great character. Much like what we love about Spider-Man, it's like, it's a little kid in us. We all want to be superheroes. And seeing like, like becoming one, it's kind of fun to watch somebody geek out being a superhero. So (laughs) that's what makes it relatable. Uh, Arjun, how many stars do you give this film, and what would you say is the age recommendation? So I definitely do have to give this a 4.5 out of 5 stars. As much as I'd love giving this a 5 stars, uh, I just do feel that um, the movie is a little low budget, and it kind of shows, and I I was a little disappointed in the action scenes themselves because, you know, they were kind of few and far between at times. Like, there's still a good amount of it, but it's very, like, you can definitely tell they had to cut off on a lot of the more epic moments. But that's not really what the movie's about. It's kind of offering a small, more small look at things, you know, like small scale looks. And I do think that the lower budget does help with that angle. And you were asking for the age rating as well, right? Yep. Uh, I would definitely give it maybe a. 10 to 18, there are some intense scenes here, especially like I mentioned, the director is really flexing his horror muscles at times, and there are a few suggestive references and all of that sort of stuff, but definitely, if you can, bring your whole family. Well, thank you, DC. Keep this good track of DC movies going. I can't wait for Wonder Woman 1984 and just more stuff with DC, because I want to love you, DC, but quit breaking my heart. Um, thank you so much, Arjun, for talking about Shazam. Oh, you're very welcome. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. With that said, I am your host, Keith Blakesley. This show is sponsored by Flugels, Project Egg Hunt. But let's go take a break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First film critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, 
Washington, D.C. and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens, tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com and check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Arjun from Redwood, Tennessee, and you are you have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have just been talking about the best of enemies, little missing link, Shazam. And next we'll be talking about Breakthrough with Siaki, Zoe, and Callista. So to be, for, first start off, I haven't seen this movie yet, but I did watch the trailer, and it really does look to be an inspirational movie. That is based on a true story. So let's start off with Siaki. What did you overall... How do you? What do you overall think about the movie? Well, you know, I really love this movie because not only is it based on a true story, but it also brings out the message: never giving up. Because sometimes people go through some problems, and then in some cases they might just want to end it there. But it's always always good to push yourself to accomplish your goals in life. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. That makes a okay, lot of sense. And that was kind of the vibe I got from the trailer because, you know, right. they, they were really just, you know, the boy went through a, a yeah. rather unfortunate event. And, you know, he mm-hmm. they were kind of like, it's a miracle that he was able to survive through it. And I think right. that's what the movie's presenting, that he's really he's really going through a lot. But, it, you know, we can really pull ourselves through the tough toughest of times. Um, what about you, Callista? I enjoyed the movie a lot. I thought the message was pretty well presented. I thought the acting was great. I think overall it was a pretty nice experience. Definitely. It seems like one of those really refreshing, just like, you 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 know, you can watch it just at your theater and, you know, you don't have to overthink about some of the things. Just watch a movie, but also, like, 
kind of learn or see a lot through it. So, of course, you know, there are a lot of messages being presented in the movie. And with most movies, with not most, but I'd say a lot of movies like this, you know, the messages kind of come off as a little preachy and, you know, we're kind of rolling our eyes the whole time. But for this movie, did you really feel that the movie, it kind of had a perfect balance of being effective but not kind of putting it in our face the whole time? We'll start off with you, uh, Zoe. Um, I did like how um how the message was incorporated into the film, but at some point it can feel a bit reiterative because it definitely I think that it wants the audience to know like the message, and I definitely like understood it and everything. I just felt like they could have put it in a way that it's not. That it is obvious to the audience what it is, but it's not too, like, mentioned all the time because it got me bored at some times, but um, I did love the movie. Definitely, yeah. I I would also feel that way because, you know, you can only bring up something so many um, times. What, what about you, Siaki? Do you agree with Zoe? Yes, I actually do agree with her because, um, you know, it can be... It can feel a little preachy at sometimes, like a little gospel-like, but... I think that it's good that in the scene, um, Pastor Jason Noble, he brings a little bit of uh, pop or rock, you know, to bring more of the younger generation. Uh, for, instance, for instance, like John Smith, to bring them more interested into, um, you know, reading the Bible and stuff. Definitely. So, Callista, I mean, I've also been, no- like, Siaki did mention there were a couple of side plots. Did you ever feel like those side plots like did you feel they meshed well with the overall story or you know because this is a true story and they kind of do have to have add a little bit of extra fluff but which remains relevant did you did you feel like it kind of worked uh well alongside the main story involving the boy honestly it didn't really feel like there were that many subplots that kind of it it felt like most of the plot was focused on the kid, but, like, it didn't really... F- there were a few other characters who were impacted, and there were a few scenes that were focused on other characters, but really the only character who I would say had a subplot was the firefighter who actually rescued John Smith because there's a subplot going on where he says he heard a voice in his head telling him to keep searching for John, and everyone's telling him that it's God, but he doesn't actually believe in God. That's really the only thing I'd say is a subplot. Oh, wow. That's definitely an interesting perspective ring. I also did notice that from the trailer, and I was like, hmm, I can can see them going some places here. Uh, But overall, what were your opinions on the performances here? Let's start off with Zoe. I thought that the performances were amazing. And, okay, Chrissy Metz was so good. I cry pretty easily, but sometimes when the acting isn't that well, I just kind of sit there and I kind like I understand like people are sad and stuff, but it doesn't make me cry. But Chrissy Metz was so like powerful and she brought so much to me. Like I was crying throughout the film, but it can also make you laugh at the same time. And I thought the acting was just amazing. Definitely. So yeah, it's good. It's good that we have Chrissy Metz here. You know, she can always carry through. You know, not every single actor is going to be up to par as the main listers, which is, I mean, they kind of do learn. So it's good to see that we kind of have a big list name like Chrissy Metz to carry over some of the weaker acting. 
So, Callista, what would you say the star rating and age rating is for this movie? In your- um, I would say this movie is three out of five stars, and I would recommend it for ages 10 to 18. So, definitely. This seems like a great movie to check out this weekend, especially with, you know, a different movie you could check out before Endgame, of course, comes out, which that's going to be <laughs> dominating everything. You've just been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we have been talking about the best of enemies, Little, Missing Link, Dumbo, Shazam, and Breakthrough. And right now I am talking to Zoe and Ivy about Teen Spirit. So I've seen the trailers for the movie. Uh, haven't gotten to watch the movie myself. It just released this Friday. Um, and overall I was pretty impressed. I mean, I think it's very impressive that the main character, Ellie, uh, played by Ellie Fanning, is actually singing the songs herself, which is a great use of both acting and another talent of itself. So, overall, what were your opinions on this movie? Let's start off with Zoe. Uh, I really liked this film. For some re- reason, it didn't really... I didn't enjoy it. But it didn't come to me as other films like would have, so I didn't love it as much as I hoped I would. But I did like it overall. And as you said, I thought it was really interesting how Elle Fanny actually was singing instead of just voices or like other people singing for her instead. Because um, I thought it was very original and unique that way. I also thought the story could get slow at some times, though, but it does have lots of European flavor, so I understand why. Um... But yeah. Yeah, and I do think it's impressive uh, that because, yeah, Ellie Fanning is actually American. So, yeah, she kind of had to do a British accent at the same time. Like, that is pretty hard to pull off, like, and singing also. But it's kind of less noticeable in singing because, you know, British singers nowadays, they kind of just all sound American. But, uh, Ivy, what was what were your opinions about this movie? Yeah, she is also from Conyers, Georgia. That's where I'm from, Georgia, so it's kind of cool. Oh, that's Cool. Yeah, she played this role very well. I love how it showed the struggles of a teenage life that she goes through having to work two jobs and also like attend school and everything like that. Also, um, her singing, I wish I didn't know that, that that was her actually singing in the movie. Like that is so cool. Not only that you're acting, but you're singing as well. And her voice was so beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Like that was the that was actually a main thing they brought up at the end of the trailers. Like I was just like, okay, I'm pretty sure someone else singing. Oh wow, wait, she's actually singing, which is just really cool. Uh, but one thing I did notice, like just brief hints of from the trailer, what I've seen overall, is they're kind of going to the complexity of entering the music industry, which I feel is something very special because when you watch a lot of movies in Hollywood, they're they're just kind of like glossing over it, but here they seem to go into like the complexities do you feel like they go into the complexities as much as the trailer would present like just with getting in this industry and of itself let's start with you zoe sorry can you repeat the question yeah sorry i was kind of rambling for a bit but uh do you feel like the movie gets into the complexities of the music industry well i do think yeah i do think that yeah Sorry. Yes, I do think that it goes into the complexities well. Um, and I thought that there were, like, I loved all the songs that they played as well. And I thought that 
music was very well incorporated into the film because it kind of felt like a different type of musical. Like, because there were so many songs, but it didn't feel like a high school musical type of thing. It kind of felt like a new thing for probably for new generations, just not for very little kids. Yeah, definitely. I do agree because, you know, little kids, you know, they kind of just want to see the singing, not any of the drama. Overall, what were your what was your opinion of, about the soundtrack? Let's start with you, Ivy. So the music was really good. I like how it has a teenage pop style and how she really does put her feelings into the songs. And it takes you back to clips before the movie where she's went through things and she relates it. I also love the dancing. At first, she couldn't dance, but she incorporated it as well in her singing. And also, I just wanted to talk about the industry and entertainment of the music industry. This movie really does pursue and put how it actually is. Because a lot of movies, don't they, they touch base on it a little bit. They give you a light, brief concept of it. But this movie really tells you how it is and how you have to be careful and watch out for everything. And you need to know who you trust and who you don't trust. Definitely. I agree because, you know, I've noticed that in a lot of movies. They just kind of gloss over it. But movies like this and even La La Land, for example, like I I especially loved how that movie just went into the complexities of the industry and how like really they'll they'll pat you on the back or whatever. But, you know, they they kind of just all offend their own opinions for themselves. Overall, you know, of course, we've been talking about Ellie Fanning the whole time. Would you say there were any other standout performances from the whole cast, Ivy? Yes. Um, I love Violet's mother, Maria, who is played by Enkiska Grosivka. I'm so sorry if I pronounced that wrong. But she was so funny because at first, like, she's so serious. But then she makes, like, slick comments or jokes about, um, um, What's his name? Val. <laughs> Wait. Um. Oh. I can't pronounce that. I'm sorry, but. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, that's that's all good. But, yeah, definitely her mother is one of the standout roles. But, uh, Zoe, what would you say this, um, the star and age rating is for this movie? I think I would probably give it a 3.5 out of 5 stars because, as I said in the beginning, it was I was expecting probably a lot more from this film than I saw. And I would probably recommend it for ages 13 to 18. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critic team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look out for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. The show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Flugel's Project Egg Hunt, which is definitely one crazy title, and you got to check it out for having just that. But... I'm Arjun Nair from Brentwood, Tennessee. Thanks for listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you again. 
for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.